Ragbag presents I Like the Sound, a celebration of the sound of things. I like the sound. I like the sound. I like the sound. That's a beautiful sound. That's a really beautiful sound. A celebration of the sound of things. That's a beautiful sound. That's a really beautiful sound. I like the sound of a ring binder's teeth snapping shut. I like the sound of a watermelon exploding. I like the sound of clockwork teeth chattering. I like the sound of raindrops on roses. I like the sound of a malfunctioning washing machine bouncing across the kitchen floor. I like the sound of a know-it-all's malapropism. I like the sound of firewood being tossed into a bucket. I like the sound of the world disappearing as my head ducks beneath the water. I like the sound of the world returning as I come up for breath. I like the sound of a love letter falling to the bottom of an empty mailbox. I like the sound of the word obviously when it's muttered at the end of a sentence, obviously. I like the sound of a paper dart colliding with an armchair. It's funny that when you said the sound of what sound you like, I had this kind of a visual in my head that all I could see was like colours, like red and yellow. So I, I don't know that when you say what do you like the sound of, it's a bit weird, but I felt like I liked the sound of the colour red in my head. This is from an article by Jim Mastro called Do Dolphins Have Language? Linguists and biologists readily agree that animals communicate with one another. But communication can be simply the transfer of information, aggressive warnings, for instance, or sexual receptivity. And its channels can be chemical, tactile, visual or auditory. Language, by contrast, is understood as something far richer. Since Descartes, the generally accepted belief among linguists has been that only people have this capability. Animal language specialists have continually questioned that belief. One by one, each of the supposedly defining characteristics of human language, prevarication, symbolic representation, and displacement, the act of referring to objects that are not present and to past or future events, have been demonstrated in other animals. Among the species that have shown themselves capable of one or more of those abilities are chimpanzees, bonobos and dolphins. And of those three, 
the dolphin has proved to be the most linguistically promising. For though it is clear that the language ability of chimps and bonobos is constrained by their relatively small brains and their inability to produce more than a few simple sounds, dolphins have neither of those limitations. Signature whistles may turn out to be a much smaller part of the dolphin vocal repertoire than they once seemed to be. As Brenda McCowan and her colleague Diana L. Rice of the New York Aquarium in Brooklyn have pointed out, many of the studies that found a prevalence of signature whistles were done with captive animals. In retrospect, such an approach could readily have skewed the data. A human child captured by aliens that did not understand her language might not engage in typical language behaviour either. Instead, she might yell, help, a lot. But studying dolphins in their natural environment is no easy task. Making observations of dolphin social interactions in deep murky water is nearly impossible. Even in clear water it takes years of painstaking work to identify individuals and track their interactions. At sea, just following the animals can be difficult, never mind trying to collect useful data. In spite of these obstacles, Rachel Smolker and other workers have begun to look closely at dolphin vocalisations in the wild and have tried to correlate the vocalisations with behaviour. Smolker has found that the whistles are well structured and are often deliberately modified by the dolphins. Her research suggests that the problem of the dolphin's limited repertoire could turn out to be an artefact of our own limited technology. Many dolphin sounds fall outside the range of human hearing. Only with the aid of electronics can people detect the sound at all. Furthermore, dolphins can produce and process a large number of sounds in a short time. Anyone who has had to learn a foreign language knows how hard it can be to pass meaningful units out of a rush of syllables. Imagine how much more difficult it would be if the sound came from a non-human creature speaking a hundred or a thousand times faster than people do. McCowan and Rice have been analysing dolphin whistle repertoires with new fast computers and highly sophisticated programs. They have found that the whistles are much more complex than anyone had previously guessed. Whistles once thought to be mere variants of the signature whistle now appear quite distinct from it. In fact, McGowan has recorded and identified more than a hundred different types of whistles directly contradicting the prevailing belief that dolphins only had a few. 
and she is crystal clear about the implications of her findings. The amount of information that could be conveyed by these larger repertoires is huge. Dolphin vocal repertoires, according to McGowan, appear to be open systems. In other words, the units of communication, in this case whistles, can be combined and recombined in an infinite number of ways, as humans do with words, to convey an infinite number of messages. In one group of studies, McGowan taught dolphins that various computer-generated whistles signified objects in their tank, such as a ball or a ring. She noted that the learning process seemed to mirror language acquisition in children. The dolphins mimicked the end of the artificial whistle first, then the beginning, and finally tied the two together. That way of breaking up the signals before imitating them suggests that dolphins' whistles may be components of a larger system. Moreover, before the study ended, the dolphins had begun to mimic the sounds of the artificial whistles during play, and they used the sounds appropriately. For example, the whistle, meaning ball, was used almost exclusively when the dolphins were playing with a ball. Most recently, McGowan has been applying algorithms from information theory to her data in an effort to tease out patterns in the repertoires. In doing so, she has discovered intriguing similarities between dolphin whistle repertoires and human language. In fact, graphs of the repertoire structure of human language, which show the frequency and patterns of word use, have been closely matched in complexity by graphs of dolphin whistles. McGowan is now developing a program that will be able to analyse and categorise whistles as they take place in real time, all in an effort to identify the possible rules of dolphin expression. I'm not operating on the assumption that whistles are words, she says, but I am suggesting that there may be more complexity here than we once thought. This is the sound of Saturn. New research from the up-close grand finale orbits of NASA's Cassini mission shows a surprisingly powerful interaction of plasma waves moving from Saturn to its moon, Enceladus. Researchers converted the recording of plasma waves into a whooshing audio file that we can hear in the same way a radio translates electromagnetic waves into music. Much like air or water, plasma, the fourth state of matter, generates waves to carry energy. The recording was captured by the Radio Plasma Wave Science Instrument September 2, 2017, two weeks before Cassini was deliberately plunged into the atmosphere of Saturn.
I like the sound of putting together a clarinet in the morning because it's so optimistic. It means we're about to get started for the day. Okay. So that does have to do with music, but it's a little bit tangential, I think. Well, it's, it's not really to do with music. It's, it's to do with the, uh, it's just bits and pieces of a piece of machinery, isn't it? Exactly. Wood clunking against wood. Wood clunking against wood. I like the sound of the color red in my head. Wood clunking against wood. I like the sound of the color red in my head. Do you speak any other languages other than English? Not exactly, no. Not exactly. Not yeah. well, at any rate. <laughs> when, I, when I'm in France for a long time, I eventually become good at French, but that comes and goes. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I do like the sound of the French language. I, I don't speak it myself. And, but the, the actual sound of the language itself is it's just a beautiful thing. You know, I mean, you could sit in... It's a very romantic idea of sitting uh, outside in a cafe in France and just listening to people speak. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I love and that. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know that what they were saying. It's just kind of listening, listening to. I like the sound of a bookshelf falling over and being caught mid-fall by a lightning-fast librarian. I like the sound of a falsely anticipated sneeze, resulting in the person just saying the word "achu." I like the sound of the word "achu." I like the sound, but not the sensation, of a dentist's drill when it's inside your mouth. I like the sound of a dentist reciting what appear to be randomly selected numbers. A musical road is a road or section of road which when driven over causes a tactile vibration an audible rumbling that can be felt through the wheels within the car's body. This rumbling is heard within the car as well as the surrounding area in the form of a musical tune. Musical roads are known to exist in Denmark, Hungary, Japan, South Korea, the United States, China, Iran, San Marino, Taiwan, the Netherlands and Indonesia. The first known musical road, the Asphaltophone, was created in October 1995 in Geiling, Osterland, Denmark, by Steen Krarup Jensen and Jacob Freud Magnus, two Danish artists. 
The asphaltophone is made from a series of raised pavement markers, similar to BOTS dots, spaced out at intermittent intervals, so that as a vehicle drives over the markers, the vibrations caused by the wheels can be heard inside the car. The song played is an arpeggio in the key of F major. Prøv at køre den en gang til. Toner fra Gyllingmelodien spillet på forpremieren til verdens første asfaltofon. Og hvis alt går som planlagt, så skulle både Byport og Asfaltofon være færdig til maj næste år. As of 2019, Hungary has its very first musical road. In memoriam of the death of Sippo, lead singer of the band Republic. When going on the side of the road, one can hear an approximately 30-second snippet of their well-known song, Road 67. On 20th of December 2019, the first ever singing road in Indonesia was built in Java. The song played is the first six notes of Happy Birthday to You, but the fifth note is off key by a half step. It was installed to reduce the number of traffic accidents, and the song was chosen because it is familiar to the community. Dengan minimal kecepatan 80 km per jam, maka otomatis akan terdengar suara alunan nada lagu Happy Birthday. Saat dihubungi pihak Kompas pada minggu 5 Januari 2020, Agus mengatakan bahwa Singing Road juga sudah ada di beberapa titik. In Japan, Shizuo Shinoda accidentally scraped some markings into a road with a bulldozer and drove over them and realized that it was possible to create tunes depending on the depth and spacing of the grooves. In 2007, the Hokkaido National Industrial Research Institute, which had previously worked on a system using infrared light to detect dangerous road surfaces, refined Shinoda's designs to create the Melody Road. They use the same concept of cutting grooves into the concrete at specific intervals and found the closer the grooves are, the higher the pitch of the sound, while grooves which are spaced farther apart create lower pitched sounds. As of 2016, there are now over 30 Melody Roads in Japan. A 300-metre stretch of asphalt road in Beijing's southwestern Fengtai district in the Quinlingshan mountain scenic area has been made into a singing road and will play the tune Ode to the Motherland 
as long as drivers follow the speed limit of 40 kilometers per hour. Construction was done in and around 2016. We have small grooves built into the road surface positioned apart with different sizes of gap according to the melody of the song. These rumble strips cause the tyre to play music and then make a singing road, said Lin Zong, general manager of Beijing Luxin Cheng Landscape Architecture Company. Our first idea is to get cars moving at a constant speed because only in that way you can enjoy good musical effect. We use it as a reminder of speed limit, added Lin. Two other musical roads in China exist. The first at a nature reserve in Henan that plays the national anthem and Mo Li Hua and the second near Yangma Dao in Yantai which plays the overture from Carmen and Ode to Joy. One song is paved into each side of the road at both locations so drivers can experience a song both travelling one way and the other way. I like the sound of old wallpaper being ripped from its home. I like the sound of the wind against my cold ears at the top of a wet hill. I like the sound of dried grass being scraped from a lawnmower blade. I like the sound of the expression, a stopped clock is right twice a day. I like the sound of a stopped clock. I like the sound of time moving forward without a clock to guide it. I like the sound of the postman's random Dustin Hoffman impersonation. Or maybe that guy who delivered my mail earlier. Yeah, maybe it was Dustin Hoffman. I like the sound of a semi-deflated football being kicked into a broken goal. I Like the Sound was written, presented and produced by myself, Frank Burton. A complete list of source material can be found in the show notes. Special thanks to singer-songwriter Julia Sophie, who you heard earlier on talking about the sound of the colour red. And of course to Ben Goldberg, who, to be fair, you hear every week in the opening sequence. You may have guessed from Ben's description of the clarinet that he's a clarinet player. Both of these superb musicians were interviewed for my other podcast, Ragback, which is a music, comedy and storytelling extravaganza. Check it out. If you like the sound of things, you'll like the sound of Ragback. My website is frankburton.co.uk. I currently have three books available to buy. The Short Story Collection, A History of Sarcasm, 
the novel 100 and the first in the Ragbag series of novels, Everything I Am. The second one will be out very soon. The audiobook version is available on Bandcamp. Please do share this show around, subscribe, give us a rating and review. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Ragbag Presents. Follow us. Let us know what you like the sound of. Go for it.